I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Welcome to our daily Bible study with Pastor Colander and Laura Colander. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Our dog Lucy's here too. Well, she doesn't ever really say anything, I didn't think. Yeah, she has she, very little input. She needs to say We are on the book of Acts, chapter 10. We are going to get started right away. Cornelius calls for Peter. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing, and he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who had spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that happened and sent them to Joppa. So there's one where... He's someone's afraid of an angel. Yeah. Just talked about that the other day. Right. Different reactions to visions, and some people seem like non-affected, and then other people, it always states fear, but, I mean, I shouldn't say always, because I just said some. <laughs> but, was, anyway. Was it the previous chapter where, was it Peter's team with Simon the Tanner, or was it? Yeah, Peter's with Simon the Tanner. Okay. So he's still yeah, there. That was in chapter 9, at the end of chapter 9. After he um, after he raised Tabitha oh. from the dead, Okay. He, he was in Joppa. And it says he stayed with a Tannerese son. So, yeah. All right. Peter's vision now. Verse 9. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open, and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that, the God, that God has made. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, Three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I, I'm the one you are looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from, from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. 
anything you'd like to add on that section, or should we just push on? No, well, yeah, just briefly. Are you going to explain the vision? No, I'm not going to explain. Don't spoil it. I'm not going to explain it. It's just, it is just a very big deal, the whole kosher idea. I mean, we have daughters that are pretty picky eaters because, you know, when they try... Because they're Jewish? No, not because they're (laughs) Jewish. It's because they, when they see a new food, part of them just says, I don't like that automatically. Now imagine you had a huge amount of foods and you're Peter and you're, let's just say 50 years old and you've never eaten so, so many different types of meat. There might be a repulsion to it on top of the religious background of it. Maybe. But what if you were not allowed to eat bacon and you smelled other people having bacon and you knew you were going to like it, but God said you couldn't have it? I think for a Jewish person, smelling that would have been, how dare they, that it's such an unclean, dirty animal. How could you eat that? I bet they always wondered what it tastes like. It's bacon after all. But we have a positive association (laughs) with that smell. There are smells of foods from other cultures that I'm not used to. That when I smell, I say, that does not smell good. Where it probably makes someone else very excited. If I cook cabbage in our house, I mean, even though... Well, I have a German heritage, like I would it. not. Okay, I'm just it. saying there are the morning, certain things that, you know, okay. it just. So you're saying he's repulsed? Yeah, Possibly. I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's read on for the, for the explanation. Right, I think it's. Coming. Yeah, we'll let scripture explain it. It's a lot better than me. Peter at Cornelius's house. We're in the middle of verse 23. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his... Excuse me, I just got like the hiccups. Ooh, okay. Um, all right, sorry. I'm going to start again at 24. The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Talking with them, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent me, or sent for me? Cornelius answered, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour and at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So he sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, 
telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and water, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on the tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach and preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, and everyone who believes in his name receives the for, this forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all of those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. And that's the end of verse or chapter 10. And I see now <laughs> that chapter 11 starts with Peter explains his actions. So I uh, was wrong that, that we would get to the explanation. It's okay. We, we, won't, we a, won't go into the long we, explanation. We did have later. a mini explanation over in verse, um, where was it? Verse 29, or I'm sorry, 28. Peter says, you are well aware that it's against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me, I should not call any man impure or unclean. So that's that's a it, short little explanation of what why he's there. Yeah, there would be a still... longer explanation about more about the the animals um, in our next episode tomorrow. Yeah, in Peter's mind, there are still many laws that have to do with the separation of the Jewish people from the you know non-Jewish people. And, I mean, these separations would be anything from the diets that they had to the clothing that they wore to not eating with those people, which was a custom not just of the Jews, even all the way back to the Egyptians. Uh, they wouldn't eat in the company of the Hebrew people. So, this so is... So, how... Okay. So, this has been a law since the, like, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, mm-hmm. laws. Um, okay. How then, how then do we have so many believers in different countries, like we just talked about on Pentecost, all these people coming from far, far away to worship in Jerusalem, you know, Philip the Ethiopian, or not Philip the Ethiopian, the Ethiopian eunuch and such. If the Jews were not supposed to associate with others and talk with them or visit with them or stay with them how did how had the word been spread so widely well the jews at Clearly the time of the roman empire and talking when, to gentiles but when the roman empire has control over such a huge area the people could move 
to different places. So could be businesses, could be a number of different reasons why Jews would be living outside of Jerusalem and have synagogues in different places. And when the Apostle Paul goes all the way, you know, through Turkey and Greece and even well, to Rome. Well, after this, after this vision. I know, but he always walks into synagogues. There are established synagogues in these areas that would be at... So you're saying, though, the Jews, though, only associated with themselves. They would move as a group to a new city and keep to themselves primarily. Yeah, it seems to be that way. Even in the um, time of when Nero is going to burn down Rome in, what is that, 70 or 71, 80, they are gonna, he's going to blame or the people are going to blame the fire on the Jewish people who are all kind of living in one area together. I mean, that's still a common thread of Jewish communities to this day. In large cities, you'll have areas where there's a high concentration of Jewish people. Part of the reason for that, too, is if they're following the Orthodox Jewish laws of the Sabbath day, they are not supposed to walk a certain amount of distance to their synagogue on that Sabbath. So when you have a synagogue, everyone is supposed to live within a, I forget what the distance is, I think yeah. it's maybe a mile and a half or some extent. So they would right. plant these synagogues and then I'm everyone would live around them. There's the it's spread. It's already spread to some Gentile groups. Mm-hmm. And then when like they're in captivity, you know, in Babylon, Esther associated with you know, non Jews and uh visited i mean what does it mean when it says associate with a gentile or visit him like can you buy bread from someone in a market can you like say hello but you're not supposed to like go to their house like how strict was the rule i think the the eating was the big thing i don't think it has anything to do with business dealings that i know you could talk to people or like daniel worked in the palace like he could yeah there were work there there were non-jewish people even from the time that they come into the promised land at the very beginning of their country, there's one group of people, I forget the name of their nation, but they come to them and they trick Joshua into signing an alliance with them so that they won't come through and destroy them. And this whole group of people who is outside of the nation of Israel ends up being the water carriers and the people that supply uh, water and wood for the temple. So they're walking in and out of the temple the whole time. When Solomon builds his temple, there's an area for the non-Jewish people to be there. Even though the Jewish people were God's chosen people, their role was supposed to be priests. So they were supposed to be the go-between between God and the rest of this world. And... That message is clear in the Old Testament as you read through it when he says, you know, go to the islands, go to these far-off places. These things are declared. Mm -hmm. So many people that came into contact with the God of the Old 
Testament, or, you know, the God of the Bible started to believe and worship the one true God, even if they weren't, but these, you know, children like, of Abraham. prophets and people, representatives, would go and talk about God's word, but they were not supposed to visit with them, like, stay at their homes or eat with them? I, I don't have a clear understanding of the amount of it. The eating together is a big thing, which we're going to read about in a couple of chapters when Paul I mean, and Peter get into all, a little I bit of all the, like, rules that God has set them apart and given them all these rules about, you know, how to eat, what to, you know, what to eat, how to live, all these things to set them apart as a special nation saying, you are my chosen people. I didn't really ever think about this, that they were not supposed to talk to people. I guess just because there's so many stories where people, well, they end up intermarrying, which does lead to sin Mm -hmm. um, and idol worship. But, um, I mean, in some cases, it it didn't. Like, Esther, it was a good thing. And, you know, um, who else, like, got sent to a different... I mean, well, Nineveh Ruth, was a... Ruth yeah. ends up marrying Boaz, but well, Ruth, technically she is a daughter of Naomi at that time, so she is... But when Naomi moved down there, her sons married non... Mm-hmm. Two Moabites. Know. Right. So I just kind of think of these things of how often you hear about them interacting with different cities and cultures, and I, you know, I guess it's not coming to my mind that they were... Like, oh, I shouldn't be talking to you, or I shouldn't be eating with you, or shouldn't be staying in your home. Um, but I don't know, I just, I knew there was a separation, I just didn't really think about it until this. But it's good, you know, he says, I'm not, I came to you without any objection, why did you send for me? And then it's all explained that they all had these visions that they should be together, and um, he speaks to this large group, it says, and then they're all going to get baptized. Yeah, and I think just a little point on this, that it wasn't just the Jews that would have been exclusive to their only associated with people from their own nation. That was how it was for many different nations, that they would have this exclusive feeling of national pride and these are our people who we're going to associate with and they'd view other people as inferior i mean there was true tribalism and racism that our race is a group and this clan tribalism that's together right um, which is so much different than kind of the utopia that we're fighting for you know to break down these walls of viewing people based on your nationality but that was the common the the people of the same culture and of the same language continued to associate together and do whatever they could to preserve that culture and I'm not making a judgment on that this is what God wanted to do to preserve the line of the Savior but it's very different than after all of these walls are broken down and the separations due to diet and practices. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, like, there's still separations between cultural groups today, and I'm not speaking about racism or nationalism necessarily, but you see that in, well, you still see it in some cities. Some cities are much more um, diverse and, and mixed up than others, but you have pockets where there's, you know, like Chinatown and, you know, Greek town and all these people who live together because they, they, you know, like shopping for the same things and they like having their stores with their signs in their languages and mm-hmm. they like, well, whatever, worshiping together, practicing their, you know, different things together. It just makes sense to live close together. And then when you live close together, it sort of becomes an exclusive sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that, there's a word for this, like historically, <laughs> but I can't think of it. Um, but it's, well, I think uh, for many people, it's a natural thing to group together with like minded people. I mean, you, you, um, you know, you move or you lit, you might say, Oh, I want to live in an area where people, whatever, believe this or behave in this certain way or, you know, value being outdoors or something, you know, like Mm -hmm. you, you have a value and you aren't going to move to a place or live in a, a part of a city that doesn't, uh, you know, necessarily jive with that. And so in some ways it makes a lot of sense that the people who, Jewish people who maybe had an opportunity in a new town would move together and stay together. It's Mm -hmm. just, it just makes sense. But We'll talk more about it tomorrow when we hear the full explanation. And I'm sure he'll continue more about there is no, there's no difference in God's eyes, even though we have our views and things we've been raised with. God's going to say something different. So, Yeah, that's. Yeah, you've said it better than I could, so. <laughs> well, anything else you'd like to close with today, or? No, I guess I just hope everyone has a good day, you know. Okay. We don't say that, but I, I mean it. Okay. All right. All right, well, I'll do, finish up what Peter has to say on this tomorrow. Bye. Bye.